This is Van Dyke Series podcast in the 700s or so. I, oh gosh, I was delighted that on uh, at one of Adam Carolla's uh, podcasts, I think it was Adam and Drew's show, that they mentioned that the uh, documentary uh, and the story of the that I suggested to him, and maybe maybe he did click on my link because I sent him a link how he could get to um, at least the first part of this documentary from 2002. So I was the guy. He didn't mention my name and maybe, you know, it didn't matter. I don't think I said my name. Uh, maybe I did. But it, yeah, because it wasn't just total coincidence, but it was just, it, it had to be me that, but uh, it's like, well, that, well, I sent him that. I sent him that. And it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool. But moving on. Oh, I got a stupid story. It's like, I was at the, uh, at the trolley station. It's like, this one guy gave me two bucks just because I was, you know, I'm homeless. I look homeless. This one guy gave me two bucks. Then a half hour later, we happened to be at the same stop for the trolley, and his friend next to him started insulting me. Like, you fat fuck, you know. I was like, he's drunk. And his friend is drunk, too. And I, I'm actually observing them drinking the cheapest cans of beer you could buy which is not the most alcohol you can buy. It's just the most immediate, cheapest beer you can buy. So they're obviously alcoholics <laughs> carrying around backpacks. They're not too, too huge. Maybe they do have a place to sleep. I don't. I carry two backpacks just to make sure I have at least a tarp and clothes and the other pack is basically with my most important things like my umbrella, my computer, my laptop, which I earned, and my other phone and all the cords and things that are really important. So if I ever, I just never, I'm never away from that backpack. My other backpack has the tarp and the water bottles if they're full because they, they're heavy and I recognize I didn't even notice I have five 32-ounce water bottles right now. Okay. So this guy insults me at the bus stop like eight times in a row. And his friend is like embarrassed. I could tell. But they're both drunk. And I, I kind of knew it, but and I was totally sober, and I'm not someone who, when I'm drunk, it's I, it makes I'm actually more fun and friendly. There, that drunk is like a fucking asshole drunk, and that guy insulted me eight times in a row. So I stood up and walked straight in front of his fucking face.
I don't know exactly what I said, but I confronted him. I said, shut the fuck up. You don't know what the hell you're saying. And then he told me again as I'm walking away, going back to my little stop at the bus stop. His friend is right between us. And his friend is a, seems like a nice guy. He actually offered me a cigarette. I said, I'm, oh, that's cool, thanks, but I don't smoke. But the, then I noticed, of course, they're both actually drinking the cheapest beer cans, which is not worth it, my money. And I am totally 100% sober at this time. And I, as a, I know it's instinct for me. As a former teacher, mostly 90% of the time, junior high, high school males with behavioral disorders, special ed, special ed certified, paperwork, which I had to do, all that stuff. I just handled it easily. I mean, there's no, my blood pressure, my heart rate never increased from the regular 68 or so beats per minute. Even when I said, after he, of course he had to make another comment. I said, fuck you. And then he continued to try to insult me, sitting on his fucking chair. His friend had to stand out to make sure his friend was also drunk. He seemed like a little nicer guy. I just put my headphones on, stand there for 20 minutes, wait for the fucking bus. This other guy is trying to, I could tell, because it's periphery of my eye, like trying to wave at me, trying to cuss at me, or whatever. He did, but he didn't stand up to me. I stood up to him. I said, last thing I said, and I, I feel good about it, because like I said, I, I, God, I, I know how to... If I, I know how to confront people. I know how to say things. I, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a part of nature to me. It just, come, it just comes to me. But I feel good about it. That's what I'm saying. I didn't, I didn't dwell on this negative experience that this asshole was an asshole who was drunk, which is who insulted me eight times in a row. I, said, I confronted him physically. I stood right in front of him. I walked over and stood right in front of him. You know, and then I walked, stepped back, and he continued to try to confront. You have insulted me eight times in a row. That's why I came over. Fuck you. Well, that's not the end of the story. 
I just easily just said, fuck you. I was in jail for, okay, <laughs> I've been sober, I, that was a lie, but I was, I was in treatment for nine months. Before that, I was in prison. Which is true. I put my headphones on, and I could tell, because the guy in between was the nicer drunk guy, and I could both still seeing them drinking the cheapest beers from the cheapest, which is like, what, cheapest, just a regular 16-ounce Bud Natural or whatever it is? 179 fuck what do they have money what are you fucking talking about if you want to get drunk you don't get by that you buy that because you're stupid you don't have impulse control i mean uh, for me i i shit i'm either gonna get a bottle of wine or if i have extra money i'm gonna get a big bottle of vodka that's the more bang for the bunk God, why, why, why didn't you say? There's no reason to even document that story, but shit, I had, I had my hat. There was, there was a stupid movie that I watched once, or, or watched part of that said that these Irish, Irishmen or something, like, these fighters from, I don't know if they're in Dublin or New York City, I don't know, but they, they didn't, they mischievously always hid it razor blades in their hats because they didn't word aloud or couldn't carry guns or whatever and so when they got into a fight they would just take their hat off and stab these motherfuckers with these knives well i happen to notice that on my regular hat that i'm wearing right now which i had to repair i just found this hat it was like brand new but it was Broken. It was just like just the back part of it was broken. And I just found it at, uh, like several months ago, and I've been noticing that the, um, the the little metal parts that got broke is like almost like it's not a razor blade, but fuck! If somebody grabbed that and slashed, my, tried to slash my face with that, that'd be pretty bad. So I took my hat off held on to that just because two drunk guys and I'm just listening to my radio. I'm just, and now I'm just listening to the Adam Carolla show or music. I totally ignoring him because he was still trying to, he's, I could tell in the periphery, he still cussed me off to his other friend trying to wave me. He's waving at me. Hey, you, you know, you motherfucker, you, you're a fucking drunk. It's like, shit. I'm not going to deal with that uh, type of drunkness. I guess maybe as an adult, I learned how to deal with drunkness. As a special ed teacher, I only, I didn't have to deal with drunkness. I just had to deal with behavior disorders based on 
life experience, sociopathic and psychotic, sociopathic, sociopathic, psychopathic behaviors. Mostly through bad home environments, 99% of the time. Abuse, abused, abused. My first screenplay was called The Cards We Are Dealt. When I worked in group homes the first time, my first real full-time job, and when I was able to buy my first brand-new Ford Ranger truck, plain as Jane Trump, which my dad co-signed, which was so nice, he was so nice about a lot of things. Never communicative, but nice about that. And they encouraged us, to the bosses, to read the files and it's like some some were thick. It's like I started to read these files. I worked in this group home, and I read these files, and then I worked with these kids, and it's like reading those files and working with these kids affected me. I mean, emotionally, especially as a young, brand new youth worker at a group home. College degree, yes, but no experience. You know, not no real experience with troubled youth work who whose parents who shit, if you're a kid, it's not just your parents abandoning them, it's all your relatives abandoning you. And you were abused. And I started reading those and I just stopped reading those files. I just and then when I became a teacher, it was like, yeah, I get these huge files. That's not where I'm at. I deal, I work with the cards I'm dealt. I work with the kids I'm dealt. That was my first screenplay. Now I've adopted the screenplay to, into a TV series, which is, to me is awesome because I had to tell, I had to tell at least 28 stories and they're all in there. And it's a mixture of truth and fact. There's an airplane. Well, anyway, if anybody listens to this, if you want to, I will send you the first 30 pages of my screenplay, or let's just say a section of my screenplay, like 30 pages. It's about, uh, I don't know, 180 pages now. Total, maybe 200 with the, the, all the character descriptions and this and that. But it's worthy of an HBO or Showtime type show. It's worthy of it. But Shit, I'll take Hulu, Paramount, whatever, Apple, whatever. I'll take it all. It's like, I would love to sell this. I would love to sell this show. Because, but I, but of course, the, I have to be 
created by, you know, I co-written at least three of the scripts. I made it, I started at least three scripts and the fourth script is, has to be me, just me showing others what really happens. So it's like, so it's like I have to be involved in the process, but thing is, I would probably just sell it for cash because I'm homeless Miami signing off. <laughs>